0: First ever. Genesis 4 9 Men's Group Podcast. I am your host, Polaris Hockey. This is my co-host, Jeff Kassab.
1: Hello, Pilar. It's awesome to be here on this first podcast. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, we've been this talking about
0: doing this forever. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a great ministry. You know, you you lead the ministry with a couple of other of, of us guys. And you know, getting the message out more than just the times we get together. That's yeah. what this podcast is all about. I'm pumped to be able to do it with you, brother. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're we're um we're it's a pleasure for us to kind of get out there to reach as many men as we can. You know, some men can't come to our annual our, our annual or bi-monthly meeting. So this is another way to uh, you know, through this social media to reach out to them through the podcast and through our Facebook and this is amazing, man. So what this are we, we gonna do, exciting. right? What are,
0: we, what are we gonna do on this podcast? We're gonna we're gonna talk about different topics, things that touch our heart, things that get brought up in the men's group, things that don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But just a couple of guys sitting around a couple of microphones talking about things. Uh Jesus and yeah. all the things Jesus. That's right. right. Amen, Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. So we'll start. If you don't know Jeff and I, we want to give you a little bit of background about who we are. So I'm Polaris Hockey. That is the, I guess, the Chaldean way to say it. If I say it to all my white friends, it's Polaris Yeah. It's right. actually Ashaki. Okay. I can't say it like you that. Know, I was so. born here. What do you want
1: from me? I was born here too. It doesn't mean you can't say it that way.
0: <laughs> the only Arabic words I know are the cuss words. That's yeah. What my cousins, so what we're yeah, going to stay out for that in, in this, uh, right.
1: in this okay. podcast. Sorry,
0: this is Polaris There you go. How was that bad? So um, I am. uh, I'm married. My beautiful wife Laura and I have been married for 13 years. We've got nine children. If you know me, you know I have nine children. Everybody who doesn't know me, people introduce me as this is the white guy with nine kids. (laughs) So uh, that that's a little bit about me. I've been part of this group. Uh, I've been leading with you for what last three years or so. Yeah. Yeah. I've been blessed to be a part of this amazing group, and uh, it, it had a big impact on my life before I was leading with you guys. So I was very happy that you guys asked me to help. Yeah. So. Who are you, Jeff yeah.
1: Kassab, for these guys? Yeah, so uh, obviously my name is Jeff Kassab. And um, so every week we'll be having different hosts. You know, but maybe not every week, but every once in a while we'll have different guys from the uh, from Genesis and we'll introduce them all and they'll tell you a little about themselves. But for now, again, like I said, my name is Jeff Kassab and um, I'm one of the co-founders of Genesis 4.9. I am. We started this group in uh, late uh, 2015, yeah. and um, it's been a real strong men's ministry. You know, we started with 30, 40 men, and we are act- actively up to about three, 400 men in our emails, and they'll come to our um, annual conferences. I've been married for 29 years, um, I have two wonderful children. Um, Alex and Amanda. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have nine kids. You but, want me to name my kids? No, name my kids? Uh, you can. You actually should. <laughs> it's only a
0: half hour podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I claim some of Pilar's kids as mine, so I, I have a couple more added on to my. <laughs> and my my wife always says every time I do something, I never mention her name. I always say my wife. So my wife's name is I'm just you know so you guys can For know who she sure is. For sure, the right? better half, by the way. For sure,
0: the better
1: half. Um, I am a, a graduate of Sacred Heart Major. Seminary. I graduated in 2016 with my degree in pastoral theology, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree also at Sacred Heart Seminary. God willing, I should be done in year and a half, two years. And um, I've taught multiple Bible studies, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, many apologetics classes. And uh, I actually teach right now at ECRC, our Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center, and which actually Genesis 4-9 is a part of them. So um, I teach a class there now called um, The Road to the Cross. You know, what led Jesus to the cross every Thursday night at 7 p.m.?
0: So you're gonna Sorry, s- Polar, I had, to, I had to plug
1: that in a Everybody's bit, exhausted
0: know? because that was 45 minutes of how smart you are. And you're going to see a trend. You're going to see a theme in our podcast. I think this is part of the reason why yeah. we're going to be good co-hosts together or not. They all hate us. We're going to think we're good. But Jeff Jeff is obviously the brains behind the duo here. Jeff's got the, the seminary background, the educational background, his master's in theology, He's a theologian, right? Uh, I don't have that. I'm, I'm more of the passion in the couple here. I like to get a little fired up. I love me some Jesus. I love him with my heart and not as much with my mind, right? Amen, amen to that. <laughs> so, amen to that. So as we go through some of these topics, I think we're going to be able to bring that, that perspective to each topic, which is going to be awesome. You're going to keep me honest from a theological standpoint, yeah. and I'll cry and laugh. For the group. Sound good? (laughs) Yeah, for
1: sure. (laughs) Hey, you know, we're we're here like what we said. You know, what is the meaning of our podcast, right? Genesis four nine. It took us a long time to come up with that name, but really, if you look it up in scripture, you go to the book of Genesis, you look up, you know, chapter four, verse nine, and the and the Bible verse is Am I my brother's keeper? And in all honesty, we are. Uh, I'm Pilar's keeper. He's my keeper. You know, we go to each other with all the other guys in the men's group for so much backup, for so much help. And, and stuff that we struggle with every day. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I was struggling with something and didn't know how to deal with it until I text Pilar. And um, I got home, I'm like, I don't know how Pilar has got so much wisdom. I don't, yes. I don't <laughs> know how he does it. With nine kids <laughs> and the full-time job, so where does he get the wisdom from? <laughs> But thankful, thank God for him that he really is my brother in Christ and he was able to help me out through this situation. And that's what we're all here for.
0: Well, and you know, you talk about it all the time, Jeff, not only are we our brother's keeper, but on the shirts we got, what does it say on the back, right? Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And and I look at that and that's a responsibility we have to each other as men. Look, I'm going to be strong on some days you're going to be weak. You're going to be strong on some days I'm going to be weak. Some days we're both going to be weak. We have to have those men in that group to lift us up. Right, 100%. we sharpen each other. We challenge each other. That's the other thing, yeah. right? Men aren't. We're not always just going to always agree with each other. You and I have gotten into some heated debates. Oh yeah, for sure. We get some tough conversations with our friends, and I'm
1: sure we'll get into some <laughs> on this podcast. I'm actually looking forward to them.
0: <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, we're making each other better. Yeah, and that's what that's what this ministry is all about. Yeah. I got to imagine that's why you started this thing.
1: Yeah, honestly, polar Like, we're in a war. Yeah, I mean, really, we're we're in a spiritual battle. With the, de- with the demon, with the devil, which many men think he doesn't exist. And many people just, and that's his gift. That's the gift of the devil, pretending like he doesn't exist, right? Um, you, you know... Life is getting tougher. um, um, The battle's getting tougher. And we can no longer consider ourselves like part of the flow of the American culture. We just can't do it, right? The timing is right for us men to reclaim our Catholic faith and be prepared, not just to reclaim it, but prepared to defend it. Yeah,
0: and we have that test every day. Walking around, going to our jobs, doing our things with our families. We have to defend our faith every day. And it was, my life took a big turn. I, I I was already, Becoming very faithful, I think, but I, it took a huge turn. I got a lot stronger once I saw the perspective of the devil. Once I realized this isn't the, these things that are popping in my head. These things, these temptations that are coming my way all the time, every day, that's coming from a, a dark place. Yeah. And you're not necessarily just sitting there going, "I'm garbage, Pilar. Why are you think those things? Why do you, why do these? Why do you even are you tempted by these things? You realize no, this is a war. Like you said, it's a war. It's a yeah. tug of war that I'm in the middle of. And now I, I have I feel not, I know my enemy, I'm in a much more strong place to defend myself, yeah. to defend our faith, like you said,
1: yeah, you know any any time any any major country or any major battles, how are they won? They know their enemy, yeah, right they they know their weapons, they know what they have, and they prepare before they go into battle. so if you don't know who your enemy is and you don't know who you're up against. You're gonna lose, yeah, right. You're really gonna lose. And so, so
0: preparing, preparing us for this war. That yeah. was a big reason why you wanted to create this men's yes. ministry.
1: You know, and and what, what we what uh, the, our other our co-founder, my other uh, brother in Christ, is Bashar Kerma, and he was one of the other founders. We were sitting around one day, and you know, like we're struggling with the same problems. You know, why can't we help each other yeah. with the same problems? Why are we going to outsiders or actually sometimes we don't go to anybody we just ignore the problems keep in this state of sin that we're in destroying our families and and but so you know what we said let's let's try this men's group and yeah. I tell you it's been great I mean yeah. you know you know that you've seen the fruits of it from yourself from myself from everybody in it it's just it's really been amazing I I, I can't thank the Lord so much and I tell you what Palaya if you look go online men's ministry are popping up all over the country yeah um, I just read one where um, Matt Fred was a part of one. They had they rented out an auditorium. They had 2,500 men. Wow! And I think he said they had 80 priests doing confessions <laughs> from t- for 12 hours. The lines for confessions who did not stop. How mad was the devil right? that day? And, oh whatever. my god! So you know, men's ministry is in demand. I mean, yeah. it's there, and we see Catholic men like retaking. Our, our culture and our world back that belonged to us in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Do you, you think, do you think that's a function of men feeling like we've been ostracized to some extent more recently? Like, I feel like we have, as men, been pushed aside a little bit, almost been made to feel ashamed about being yeah. strong, especially strong Catholic men. Yeah. And is that maybe what's driving some of this popularity in this ministry, you see?
1: You, you know, I, I look back... Um, I, Listen, I'm 52 years old, so I look back on some of the pictures from the 60s and 70s of men dressing up, and you know, man, men like yeah. manly guys, and they they do some comparisons to what men are wearing today. Don't get me started. I mean, driving me crazy, <laughs> driving me crazy. So the the I, I don't want to I don't know how to use this word. I guess the more. Feminine side of men—I don't mm-hmm. even know if that exists. Yeah. But the more feminist side of men is becoming the norm, mm-hmm. and the man that stuck out in the '60s and '70s with the the rugged man or the guy with the suit and had a nice family—the pictures—it's like that. That's like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's almost like you said. Like, you're afraid to be like that man anymore.
0: Ostracized.
1: But you know what? We have to be the man in Jesus Christ. You know, we have to be that man that Jesus was. And he was rejected, right? He was spit upon. He was beat. He was cursed at. He was put to death because of the truth. Yeah. And so if we want to stand up for the faith and stand up for our families, I can tell all the men listening— Get ready to be crucified.
0: Well, and that is a theme that I have felt ever since I've started attending the men's group and then been a part of it. That true men is about sacrifice. Yeah. Being a true man, especially a true man of God, a true leader, is about sacrificing. Yeah. This isn't about us getting everything we want. It's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but to some extent, you start to as you start to see this, you realize kind of the 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 what's what's at stake. Right? it's it's the balance of the world I mean it's yeah. us what, what are we up against We're up against some pretty evil dark powers and if us as men don't stand up and this is why I'm so proud to be a part of this ministry, uh, we're gonna lose right yeah. we can lose that battle and it's not going to be a good place to be
1: yeah and you know uh, I, I think the key losing the battle Pilar, is if we do it on our own yeah but banding together as brothers as as men of God, we can we can win the fight you can't do it on your own you really can't you need a band of brothers you need uh, some type of support men's group you need a men's ministry you need something to fight the devil because if you're going to try to do it by yourself it's 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 just too hard to fall into the temptation and say you know what Man, I can't do it. Forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable the way I'm living. And the
0: devil's so good. Hitting, oh. hitting how he plays with us men because of our pride. Yeah. Right? Oh, I can't. What do we do? I look. I look at the men, the older men in my life. They grew up in generations where they held it all in. Yeah. You can't. You can't share that stuff. Be. We talked about being tough. Right. There's a difference between being tough and, and kind of being dumb about how you're doing it. Yeah. And being the person who says, "No, I've got too much pride. I'm going to figure this out all on my own." Yeah. You're never going to get there. I have, have so many situations in my life where I've tried to fix things on my own and <laughs> failed until I just said, God, you take it. And like, he just like he that, just runs. like
1: the hot tub. Like that, like, <laughs> I bought two hot tubs. It's a long story.
0: There's a different podcast.
1: You might kind of pick that up. All, 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 I just want to say one thing: do not ever get a free hot tub that that's uh, that they offer up on. What was it? It doing? was offer up. It was always it off oh, it it an, was offer, an offer, up offer up, and it's free. It was actually one piece 100, of advice: dollars. don't go pick it up. Don't that's it up. all. Yeah,
0: it was, it was a long drive. We'll leave it at that.
1: We'll leave it at that.
0: All right. So, Jeff, one of the things you're going to do every single week. We're going to talk about we're going to have a
1: quote of the day. Yeah, from a manly saint, you know. And uh, listen, I don't want to say that there isn't great quotes from women saints. By by far, we have women doctors of the church and great saints. But it's a manly, it's a man podcast. We're going to keep it as manly as we can, right? And um, one of my favorite, favorite hardcore men. That really the reason why I like him and I want to use his quote is because he was the pioneer of of radio. And, and TV Catholic um, Catholic Evangelization, and that's Archbishop—Venerable, actually. Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and, and his quotes are amazing. Such and, a beast. Oh, my. He's great. <laughs> so his quote goes like this. I really—I I love it. He said, If you do not worship God, you worship something, and nine times out of ten, it will be yourself. You have a duty to worship God, not because he will be imperfect and unhappy if you do not— but because you will be imperfect and unhappy. Archbishop Sheen.
0: Drop the mic.
1: Man. What a beast. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How true. I mean, there's, I could, you could dissect that in five different, five different ways, oh. and it hits home every time. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thinking you can do it on your own. Yeah. thinking you can do it on your own, what you were just talking about. You're never going to make it, right? Yeah. And then he says here, he, is, this isn't for God. We don't worship God for God. God is a father. He loves us. He wants us to be happy, but we need to worship him for ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: And then he says, nine out of ten times you'll be worshiping yourself if you don't worship God. So true. And for men, oh, that's so true. Yeah. You know, we're we're constantly thinking, you know, and we're constantly, I did this. I made this. I invested this. I bought this. It's all about I. Yeah. We forget there is no I without God. We're I mean, on you borrowed know, breath, exactly. Yeah. You know? So, great. So, every week we'll have a quote, um, uh, you know, from one of these great saints. What a uh, manly saint! Yeah, what yeah. A manly saint. Amen to that. No, that's a great,
0: the great quote there, brother. That's yeah. one I think I'm going to have uh, etched in some wood somewhere, put around the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the topic for today, what we want to talk about is, uh, uh, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's the Eucharist. Now, this for me was a life-changing... I had a life-changing encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. It was what kick-started my entire reversion back into the faith. I was baptized Catholic, went Christmas and Easter. But when I, through a set of circumstances, got the opportunity to sit in front of the Eucharist in adoration, it completely devoured me. It, got, it was like God... Op- I opened the door a little bit, and God grabbed me and said, Where have you been? I've been waiting for you. And when... One of the things that really frustrates me is when I think about that. And I told you this before. Yeah, yeah. I, I am mad. I am, I'm still mad, and this is why I want to do this podcast and talk and evangelize when whoever will listen, because it took me 30 years to figure that out. I had 30 years of my life of anxiety and stress and frustration and not having a personal relationship with Jesus, and the whole time, <laughs> he was sitting in a tabernacle or exposed on the altar, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I went to church. I went to the I had catechism. I, I never questioned that what looked like bread was Jesus. I just didn't know what that meant. Yeah, I didn't have someone smack me over the head like Jesus did that day and said, "Hey, dummy." Yeah. where you been yeah. I miss I, I've been I've been your whole life I've been waiting for this moment for you to show up and you're here and I'm gonna make total ton of vision I'm gonna make sure you understand that what's happening right now is we're talking and Jeff the hair on my arms stood up the, I tingled from head to toe I couldn't believe what happened to me that day wow. and no one told me yeah. it drives me crazy Jeff
1: well praise be to God that you found it you know <laughs> you'd still be upset right now if, did. You, did, if you, you didn't find it I Jesus wouldn't even, the tabernacle I know. would I be mad I wouldn't know yeah he wouldn't know exactly. walking around
0: Stressed and anxious the whole time. Exactly.
1: You know, and people don't realize. And the reason why we did this topic is because we were going through some some stuff and we found that Pew Research, we'll talk about it in a minute, yeah. about about how how much Catholics really don't believe in the real presence, but so much power in the Eucharist. I mean, you know, like Pilar said, he used to have, um, you know, frustration and stress and anger. Listen, it's not to say that you still won't have those things, but it's now you just know how to deal with them. You're more at peace. You got Christ with you. He's walking with you. You can talk to him there's so much more things you can do you have
0: somebody to give it to
1: right (laughs) exactly when the eucharist is present in your life and we'll we'll go through and this is usually what we're going to do we're going to usually pick a topic that's maybe in the news or something that's going on and we're going to take the catechism and we'll take um uh some quotes from scripture and maybe a little bit of theology just to see where the catholic church stands on this and how it affects our lives as men. I mean I see so many men like they just they even the ones that go up there receive oh, sometimes. Yeah. They really don't know what they're receiving. And that was
0: me and you can yeah. watch him. You can watch him the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, yeah. And they just, you know, they put it in their mouth like they're putting a Tic Tac in their mouth and they walk over yeah. and and, and that was me, yeah. because no one taught me, right? I look at it, I, I've, I've had conversations with people about the Eucharist, and I, the, one of the examples I give is, and this, this came to me in adoration one day, and I thought to myself, and I was sitting with somebody else, and I didn't know who this person was, and, I thought, and they were just studying and stuff, which people will do in adoration a lot of times, I thought to myself, if Jesus walked through the door, not, not on the altar where he's standing right now, <laughs> yeah. but if Jesus walked through the door, long hair, distasha, sandals, yeah, yeah. right? what would me and this guy do? Yeah. We would jump off the seat. We would land on our face, and we would praise the God who called us by name. And that's what we would do. We'd, we, I'd be bawling, I'd be crying, we'd grab his feet. Instead, I'm sitting in adoration, and I'm Jesus is the God who made me. God of the universe is sitting on the altar. And sometimes my mind wanders, yeah. and, it, and it, I remind myself, like, this is Jesus. This is God. This is the one who called you here. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's powerful to always kind of think of it in those terms.
1: You know, um, a. Um a, a a muslim uh he what are the I, I don't know what their top leaders are the top Like um, religious leaders. I am not Muslim. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, (laughs) I was reading an article one time and he said, he said, you know what? You Catholics, and and according to this research, he's probably right. right. He's He's like, you Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist. And a Catholic question, like, what do you mean? Yes, we do. He said, if you really believed that God was present in that Eucharist, you would worship him 24 7. You would do whatever you can to get to church, to get to a chapel. You guys really truly don't believe. So true. And in a way, we're gonna go through this this Pew research and and um you, it's true. It, you know it it is so break so down true. what the study said because this yeah. study
0: this study blew me away. Oh But me at the too. same time, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? No, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it says um, now this was from August fifth, two thousand nineteen, which is not you know not long ago, five six months ago, right? It said just one third. Of U.S. Catholics agree with their church mm-hmm. that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. One third believe. Wow. Polar.
0: That means two out of three people have no idea what's happening on the altar.
1: So what <laughs> they do is they 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 say that um, uh, mo, the, uh, the the majority of the Catholics just say it's symbolic. Yeah, like it's not the true presence of jesus christ and like you said we've been through catechism confirmation uh first communion all of our lives growing up and you know now at church i'm a sub deacon you know a eucharist minister also i'm I'm looking uh, and when i'm giving the eucharist after reading them saying does he believe does she believe
0: yeah you know i I don't don't know you talk about catechism jeff i think we all grew up and some of us right, even me, I grew up, I had the catechism, I learned a lot about Jesus, right? Even yeah. the Bible stories. I, I had facts about Jesus, I knew His stories about Jesus, but until I sat in that adoration chapel and he grabbed me and pulled me in, yeah I never met him. Yeah, I'm sitting across from you right now, yeah. Jeff Gasab. I know you. Yeah, right. I know things about you. Yeah, and I can talk to you if I need you. You know, you can do that to me. I know you. We have a relationship. And before that day, Jesus was just a historical figure. Yeah. And on that day, he became a friend. He became my father. Yeah. What a difference that makes. What if? Well, I, I use the I use Benjamin Franklin as an example. I know yeah. a lot about Benjamin Franklin. As a kid, he fascinated me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He's nothing but a historical figure. I can take things out of Benjamin Franklin's life, implement them into mine, and they make me a better person. But that doesn't mean I know who he is. That doesn't mean we're friends, that I yeah. can call him up on the phone today.
1: He's a historical figure. He's just
0: a guy. He's dead. Yeah. Jesus is alive. He's yeah. real. He's here. And and we get the opportunity every day if we want yeah. to consume him yeah. and bring him into our body and become one with him. Yeah. It's amazing. It's
1: amazing. You know, uh, if I just, if I happen for, and some odd reason, don't make it to church on Sunday, which... Very rare, once or twice a year at the most. You know, that my that week, no. is, I'm lost. I, I, I mean, I really, I'm yeah. literally lost. Work is crazy. My prayer life goes down the drain. Yeah. You know, um,
0: it's hard. It's hard. At, at
1: home, I'm like, you know, hey, I yell at everybody, you, you
0: know. You're going to think I'm weird. You're going to think I'm weird. When I did the math. So when I fell in love with the Eucharist, which is the day I fell in love with Jesus as, as my, my father in heaven, I did the math like soon after that. And I was like, wait a minute. I Okay, let's say I live to be 100, which yeah. is a long time. If I only can receive him 52 times a year, that's not enough, yeah. right? I want more. And so it drove me to daily mass. Wow. But, well, for that reason, because I'm thinking to myself, I get to consume Jesus. Yeah. I, I get to hold him in my hand, say a prayer to him and kiss him and hold him and bring him into my body. I mean, that... You don't want that time as much as you can. Yeah. And on the days I can make it to Mass, and it's not every day, yeah. but on the days I can make it to Mass, my days, nothing can touch me. That's Who's going to touch me? Nobody. Nobody. Nothing can happen to me yeah. that I can't handle that
1: day. That's great. That's amazing. Right. Um, so another part, it says here, in addition to asking Catholics why they believe what they believe about the Eucharist, the survey also included a question that tested whether Catholics know what the Church teaches on the subject. Most Catholics who believe that the bread and wine are symbolic— do not know that the church holds that transubstantiation occurs. Overall, 43% of Catholics believe that the bread and wine are symbolic and also that this reflects a position of the church. Still, one in five Catholics, 22%, reject the idea of transubstantiation even though they know about the church's teaching. Wow. So. They don't even know what transubstantiation Jeff, is. Jeff, what occurs? Ninety
0: percent of the guys listen to this podcast. Yeah, go, right. So, go. so this is so a
1: simple teaching of this. This is what happens that when the the uh, <clears throat> the bread and wine, right? <laughs> they they through the power given to the priest on um, through the bishops and through apostolic succession, they have the power to turn the the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ under the appearance of bread and wine. Now, we don't have time to get into the whole definition of transubstantiation.
0: The the, the changing of the substance. The changing of the substance,
1: exactly, right? So so it becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're like, well, you know, where does the church get their teachings and where does the church this? You know, the church actually gets their teaching, believe it or not, from (laughs) Scripture, right? I mean, you know, we do know Scripture and we do know everything um all of our teachings come from scripture so <clears throat> one of my favorite uh bible passages is i want to say all of john chapter 6 yeah. but we're gonna go to john six fifty-three. <clears throat> so jesus said to them truly truly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Part. I mean, this is so clear, right? This is right? Jesus's words. This is his words from this his is mouth. Pope Francis, you have no life in you. Yeah.
0: And and one of the things you, you you showed me a good way to read the Bible. You said go read, just read the Bible and then look at the the, the notes on the, the bottom, footnotes, the footnotes, sure. And one of the beautiful things in this footnote mm-hmm. and this exact verse, yeah, is it says because Jesus says it seven times. You give, give yeah two, seven two, two, times. Seven in a row, times. one in after row. the other. The footnote says that he changes from eat. And the word in English is eat is every eat. single time, but he changes an eat to gnaw. to gnaw, gnaw, chew on my, like chew gnaw like on my gnaw. body. Like, yeah, exactly. Putting yeah, the, gre- the Greek word, rip it. yes, making the point home. I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about flesh. And you left out John 6, 66. Oh, I didn't
1: bread. even go. Well, I didn't even go down to all of John. The what rest happens? of John 6. 6, 6 so John 6. 6, six six six, right? And um and. A lot of the disciples that were following him left. They said, because this is a hard teaching, right? What is he talking about? Because Jewish, Jewish, you know, law... You can't. You don't drink. You can drink blood. You can't flush none of this stuff, right? So the there was a probably about two to three hundred disciples with them. People left. who
0: sold everything to
1: follow Jesus. Yes, people who gave in all in for Jesus. They could not take the teaching. They that was left. too hard, right? We don't. I don't hear Jesus calling them back and say, "Hey guys, listen, it's symbolic. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Come on, right? That's not what I meant. Yeah. No, you know what he did." He let them go because he cannot exchange the truth for a lie, and he will not water down his words, and we cannot water down the gospel. St. Peter tells, he tells St. Peter, Peter, will you also leave? He tells him, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? Yeah. Peter said the magic words. Wow. You have the words of eternal so life. So beautiful, so awesome. this,
0: And then at the Last Supper, this is my flesh. This
1: is my body, yeah. <laughs> which is given <laughs> up, up to you. you. Yeah. He yeah. was he was there in full presence, and then he was there sacramentally also. Picture this. I mean, this is a mystery. He's holding himself yeah. in his hands. <laughs> How awesome is yeah. that? Amazing. Can God do that? God can Our do that. Our faith is so
0: rich, but. I didn't hear that in catechism. And I didn't believe it until I met God, until I met Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah, It's it's, it's absolutely amazing and powerful stuff, and it'll change your life. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Catechism
1: of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1324, it's one of the most profound paragraphs that there is. The Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Everything. Right? All other sacraments and indeed, all ecclesiastical ministries and work of the apostolate are bound up with the Eucharist and are oriented toward it. For in the blessed Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual goods of the church, namely Christ himself. Right?
0: Everything. Basically, in the catechism right there, this is everything. Yeah. If there's one line in the catechism that matters, it's the Eucharist. Yeah. So- and so
1: as men, why do we need this? Power? Why are we bringing this up as men? Right? Right. For, for me, for, for
0: me, it's where I get my power. It's where I get my strength. It's yeah. where I need to feel a hug from Jesus. I walk in adoration. I can talk to Him like I'm talking to you right now. And I'll be honest with you, if I'm the only one in the adoration chapel, so I don't look weird, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get loud. <laughs> if I, have do. done that many a times. <laughs> right,
1: I've done it many times. And
0: you do the adoration real early at four or five in the morning. I do
1: adoration right? at five a.m. 5 a.m. Um, yeah. you know, I, I used to do it five, six days a week. You know, I like to do it before I go to work. I, you know, it was great. It just made my day. Um, I'm. down to a couple days just because the work schedule is crazy but i always try to make it in a couple days a week two three times a week try to do my holy hour and man you know i don't want to leave yeah i mean i'm like god i gotta go to work but i don't Honestly, I don't want to leave Polari. Father it's just Larry, amazing. He
0: talks about, uh, hey, how it's, it's it doesn't happen like instantly. But yes. it's Like the suntan. Yeah. You sit in front of the Eucharist. It's like getting a suntan. Yeah. S, like S U N suntan. Sure. S O N. You sit in front of the S O N. The sun. Amazing. Hey, it's beautiful. The guy's, it's amazing. Uh, Father Larry's a beast. We're having a podcast with <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. We're actually, put out there. Later yeah, too.
1: yeah. Our next one of our next couple ones we'll put by Larry when It'll he was easy. at our. Last, nice last thing I want
0: to make a, a point about the Eucharist, and you're the theologian; you keep me honest, right? right but when did this? When did when did Catholics start uh, celebrating the Eucharist? Was this in 500, 600, or this is Church Fathers? Stuff?
1: Oh man, this is this is not this is not Church Fathers. This is Apostolic Fathers. This, this is, is the apostles. twelve, yeah, yeah. the twelve apostles. You know, um, they were going from house to house celebrating the Eucharist. You can see that even from Saint Paul. I mean, it's so profound. If the if if the Eucharist is symbolic. St. Paul says in 1 in Corinthians that, listen, before you receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, you must discern, which he means you must recall any mortal sins you have. If it's symbolic or if it's just a piece of bread, who What's cares? What's Yeah. I eat bread I all day. I eat a loaf of bread all day <laughs> I long. I can tell. I'm looking yeah. at you. <laughs> So nice. we, we must really believe in church teachings. And and if you really want to truly believe in any of the sacraments, any of the teachings, the apostolic fathers, the early church fathers are the one to go to because they celebrated mass. They celebrated the breaking of the bread, which at that time, that's what it was called. It was yeah. the breaking of the bread, right? Amazing. It's a really it truly is amazing. Yeah. So
0: uh, we're coming up on time, yes. um, but uh, I, we're coming up to the end of our first podcast. We're going to end every podcast with our same slogan, right? Do not forget. You are your brother's keeper. Yes. Until next time. I'm Polar Dis- I'm Jeff Kasab.
1: Okay. I'm Jeff Kassab. You can't pronounce Kassab any other way. Kassab? All right. No, I'm it's Jeff not Kassab. Kassab. <laughs> it's Jeff Kassab.
0: All right. We hope you
1: have a God blessed God bless everybody. We'll see you in the next podcast.